When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bib DeVoe. This is Trudy Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India Ari. Hey, what's up? This is Brandy. Music and features from a woman's perspective. Intriguing conversation. Espresso. The Mocha Mix. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Tavis Smiley is back, and he just invested a grip to buy his own black radio station in L.A., Thanks to the app, the world can get black news and Black Lives Matter radio shows on his new station, KBLA. Plus, this black army veteran in Georgia is going up against crazy Marjorie Taylor Greene for Congress. We're talking to Marcus Flowers next. Here it is. A cool, slightly it's Cafe Mocha, Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo, Angelique, and we've all been watching in horror at what happened on January the 6th. And in our government since then, and a lot of us, you know, we've been thinking we have to do something. And our next guest decided to stop talking and get into the political race to get Marjorie Taylor Greene out of Congress. On the line, we have Marcus Flowers. Welcome to Cafe Mocha, Marcus. All right. Thank you for having me. Hey, Marcus, you know, before we even get into anything, Will you just, in your own words, tell anyone who might not have watched the news lately who Marjorie Taylor Greene is? Oh, well, Representative Greene represents Georgia's 14th congressional district. She is widely believed to be the queen of QAnon, a huge Trump acolyte, and just an all-around not good person, in my opinion. And I also think that she helped incite the insurrection on January 6th by some of her comments prior to that day, inviting people to come to the Capitol to quote unquote, take back our country. That's who Marjorie Taylor Greene is in case you've been living on the moon somewhere or been in a cabin for the last year and haven't had internet or phone. Mm. Well, yeah. well, Marcus, we want to ask you, um, you are an army vet running as a Democrat against Green, what was the trigger for you to say, this is it, I have to do something? Well, that story goes back to May of last year when I watched George Floyd being murdered on the streets by Officer Chauvin, uh, who held his knee on his neck for some nine minutes. Uh, that's when I decided to at the time, I was a government official, uh, considered myself a nonpartisan, kind of stayed silent on politics. Uh, shortly after that, I got active and started you know, talking to people, looking at becoming an activist, helping out with political campaigns. I made my first political contributions. I got on Twitter for the first time in June. Um, and then fast forward to July when both John Lewis and C.T. Vivian died on the same day mm -hmm. i saw john lewis's last message to us saying answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe then i started helping out with the democrat who's running against green 
here in Georgia's 14th until he dropped out of the race due to personal issues and threats that he and his wife had received. Um, Fast forward to January 6th, watched that in horror. And at that point in time, I said, you know, this is, it's mission critical. After seeing all of these events take place, seeing the country so divided, seeing misinformation, disinformation being spread rampantly throughout our country, and just watching a Confederate battle flag paraded through the Capitol Rotunda, police officers being beaten with American flags and sprayed with pepper spray and bear spray, that became mission critical for me. The very next day, I called my supervisor and said, you know, I'm resigning my post as a government official. I'm going to run for Congress. He wasn't surprised, mm-hmm. and he wished me luck. And I worked my last few weeks in government and did exactly what I was saying I was going to do which was answer that highest calling my heart, standing up. And what is that that stand-up call? What are you actually trying to bring forth? I'm trying to bring back decency, integrity, honor in Congress. Trying to tone down the white-hot rhetoric on both sides that we've been seeing lately. You know, I'm running to give people a choice this time. As you know, we didn't have a, a choice here in Georgia 15 because the Democrat dropped out of the race months before the election too late for the party to replace him. And mm-hmm. secretary of state wasn't going to allow that to happen anyway. What is so that I'm running choice? to give people that choice. What It's going to be a choice between chaos and stability. You know, it's going to be a choice between someone who thinks that nine 11 was a hoax. Which is exactly. what Marjorie Taylor Greene said, by the way. Right. You know, but and between someone who was actively serving the country on 9-11 and subsequently spent a decade in war zones afterwards. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. We're talking to politician Marcus Flowers, who is running uh, for Congress against Marjorie Taylor Greene. And you know, Marcus, you often are shown in cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. What's the story and the message behind that? There's really no message behind it. My grandfather was a sheriff and a farmer. He wore cowboy hats. So growing up as a kid, I would always see him and cowboy hats was something that I admired about him and respected him, you know, seeing him around town, you know, taking people to and from jail or whatever and doing his job. And he was a respected man in the community. And I always respected that about him as well. I couldn't pull it off until later in life, but, you know, something I watched my father do as well, the cowboy hats, the boots. And that's just who I am, a country boy at heart. It works and I tell people a lot of times, you know, my style is a little bit more West Texas than West Georgia, but I was going to say that was my next question. I mean, I was raised in North Carolina and I don't know a lot of uh, I don't know a lot of brothers walking around in cowboy hats outside of Texas. So how does that go over in Atlanta, in Georgia overall? I live in rural Georgia and people, they love it. I kind of stand out a little bit. People love to come up and talk to me and it's a real icebreaker. We can just say that much. I've always worn the belt buckles. But people love it. You know, it's, and there are more people here in Georgia who wear cowboy hats and boots than you would think. But right. as I tell people, that is that is my style. And it is a little more West Texas than West Georgia. But I've been all over the world, been all over the country. People are people no matter where you go. You know, on that note, you spent a decade in combat zones around the world. Um, you worked as a government contractor on four continents. You've seen firsthand the damage that's been done by extremism in other countries, a disinformation in other countries. How has your military and government service influenced your life and prepared you to serve in Congress? 
But, you know, on that note, when we talk about extremism and radicalization, yeah. you know, I had a chance to go to Camp Bukha uh, in southern Iraq. And that's, if you, if you remember, that's where Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi came from, the guy who started al-Qaeda in Iraq and widely believed to be the godfather of ISIS. I've looked into our enemy's eyes and seen the hate there. Mm-hmm. I see Congresswoman Green bringing that same type of energy, and not just Congresswoman Green. You have news outlets that propagate this misinformation and disinformation, and we have a significant portion of the country, in my opinion, who are radicalized by QAnon. You know, that's that same energy that lost me friends and colleagues in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I just can't stand by and watch that happen here. As far as my experience in the military and government contracting and being a government official, my background is in logistics and compliance. I'm used to working within a system and with different people with different voices and opinions to get things done. Um, Pouring over doctrine and regulations and working with voluntary consensus standards or best practices to make things happen for the American people. I mean, it's been my, America's simply been my life for the last 27 years. And I joined the army at 18 and finished up my career a short while ago as a government official looking to serve longer, but America has been my life. You know, while Congresswoman Green was wasting her father's money at university of Georgia, I was leading soldiers on real world missions. Mm -hmm. So. So do you agree that it's time to bring our soldiers home? I had some very personal feelings about that having been there. And I still have friends who are on the ground there now. Um, You know, I helped train Afghan national army, Afghan national police, you know, all the work, the blood and treasure that we spent there. I have personal feelings about that. Mm -hmm. I neither condone nor condemn the actions that our president's taken. I'd like to see things in a better place in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. But I agree, a decision had to be made and bringing the troops home after 20 years, I think it's uh, not a bad call, but I'd like to see the Afghans in a better place to be able to, to protect themselves. I'd like to see the police in a better place. And they're not, you know, I get reports on what's going on there daily and things are devolving quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, for those who want to follow you and your campaign, where can they find you? If you want to follow me and please do go to marcusforgeorgia.com. That's M-A-R-C-U-S-F-O-R-G-E-O-R-G-I-A.com and donate to our campaign. We're a grassroots campaign. We don't accept corporate PAC money as Congresswoman Green does. So we rely on donations from small dollar donors. Who has endorsed your campaign if, if yet? I've been endorsed by Vote Vets, uh, No Dem Left Behind. Uh, Ambassador Andrew Young endorsed our campaign. Uh, Former Georgia Senator and disabled veteran Max Cleland endorsed our campaign. Uh, We're working on a couple of other big endorsements right now, so we'll wait and see as those come out, and maybe we can come back on and let everyone know a little bit later. Definitely. Well, we wish you luck, Marcus Flowers. We really, really do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, along with Lonnie Love, on the line, veteran broadcaster, uh, Tavis Smiley, just kicked off 
his own black news talk station in LA. Welcome to the show, Tavis. Oh man, Lonnie Love, Angelique, it's great to be on with both of you. Thanks for the opportunity. And I don't know how I feel about veteran broadcast. That makes makes me feel old. Of course, I I am old, but veteran, Lord Jesus, that sounds old. I know it does. At least we didn't call you antique. (laughs) <laughs> and antiquated broadcaster Tavis Smiley. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the station is called KBLA Los Angeles. Uh, mm-hmm. Tavis, man, I'm going to tell you, when I saw this, I flipped out and I just screamed and I wish I had my number so I could be like, yo, dude, nice. What made you come up with the idea to do sort of an all black, all people of color kind of you know talk station no first of all first of all thank you just like i celebrate the, the the great work you two do it's always nice when black people celebrate your work and so thank you for those kind words now in, in short you know talk radio across the country and and even in la la you know as you both know is, is such a multicultural multiracial multi-ethnic mix of all kinds of people i tell people all the time there are over 100 different languages spoken in LAUSD in our school district more than 100 different languages spoken. And so it's a very multiracial city. And yet in this city and across the country, talk radio for too long has been what I call a conservative citadel. And the lineup goes like this, all day, all night, all white. That's the lineup on talk radio, all day, all night, all white. And so I just thought the time had come to change that. And last year, as we all watched and participated in the racial reckoning that our country was and still is enduring and took to the streets, it, it was clear to me that when, when we're no longer in the streets and the cameras turn off and the microphones are, are silenced, who's gonna, what, what platforms do we have to tell our stories? And right. I, I'm just at a point in my career now, I've been very fortunate over the course of my career to own my content. All of my content, I basically own. I own my radio content, I own my TV content, I own my books. So I own my content and, and Prince, you know, some of you know that Prince was a, was a dear friend of mine, God rest his soul. And for years, Prince would always tell me, Tavis, content is king. Content is king. And mm. he encouraged me to own my content. That's why he had that word slave written on his face for a while, because Warner Brothers owned all of his content. Right. So he kept telling me that content is king. Own your own content. And then one of our last conversations before he died tragically and suddenly he said to me, T, I think I need to, you know, rework my formulation. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've been telling you for years that content is king and content is king. But Prince said, distribution is emperor. Mm. So if you can own your content and your distribution channel. You got something going on. And so long story short, I just decided that the time was, was right for me, not just to own my content, but to own my own platform. And so KBLA Talk 1580 is what we own. KBLA, um, the, the, the call number is 1580 AM. It's very familiar to people in LA because 1580 was the original K-Day. It was the first station in the country over 30 years ago, the first station in the country to play hip hop music. So every rap artist will tell you 1580 back in the day was our platform. It was never black owned, but it was the platform that launched many a rap career. As a matter of fact, Netflix is doing a documentary right now about this station, 1580 AM. So the call letters now are KBLA but it's the original 1580 and we are just trying to represent by putting people of color on the air and letting folk have their own say. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network 
an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Funky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. We're talking to Tavis Smiley about his new radio station, KBLA. Can we talk about some of the people that you have? Um, you, you're working with D.L. Hughley, Alonzo Bolden, my man. You know, yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a great lineup. There's a young lady named Dominique DePrima. Her father was the famed writer and, and poet uh, and artist, Amira Barakan. So her father was Amira Barakan. Her mother was Diane DePrima. So Dominique Prima was on, you know, Stevie Wonder Station here at KJLH. I love Stevie. She was on Stevie Station for 17 years, but she was on at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and so now we have her on at a, at a civilized hour. She does our morning show 6 to 9, and she's killing it every day. So she does 6 to 9. I do 9 to noon. Uh, there's a young guy who I, I kind of describe him as the, the Stephen A. Smith of politics. He has the same kind of <laughs> bravado and brashness, but he's, he's politics and social issues. His name is Danny Morrison. Danny does middays, 12 to 2. DL holds it down in the afternoon from 2 to 4. And DL, of course, has a syndicated show, but he's from L.A. He does his show from L.A., but he's never been heard in L.A. Right. And now on our station, you can hear him in L.A. 2 to 4. Alonzo Bowden, who you mentioned, is a great comedian and, uh, you know, won last time standing some years ago. He holds the afternoon shift down 4 to 7. They have a great relationship show. You can't do a station these days without a relationship show. So right. seven to nine, there's a brilliant black doctor named Dr. Jashana Johnson, and she kills it every night about relationships, seven to nine. And then nine to midnight, there's a wonderful team of Donna Michi, two sisters named Krista and Kiara. They do all kind of pop culture, you know, hot topic stuff every night, nine to midnight. And I'm really proud to say that on the weekends, our, our weekend program is anchored by Black Lives Matter. So think about this, um, Lottie, and think about this, Angelique. All the great work that Black Lives Matter have done over the years. They are the quintessential civil rights movement, I think, of late modernity. All the work they've done, they've never had their own platform. 
And so we gave Black Lives Matter their own show. So literally the only platform that they have every week for their own show that can be heard around the country and around the world is on our station. So Black Lives Matter has their own show every weekend that goes on Saturdays and Sundays. So we're still filling out some of the weekend stuff, um, but we're off to a great start. We're only literally five weeks in, but all the indicators are that we're killing it. And I look forward to the coming months and years to, to really build not just this station as our flagship, but the big plan is to buy other stations across the country and to build a black talk radio network. That's right. That's right. I, I smelled it as soon as I saw it. I was like, I know. His <laughs> I already yeah. see it. I'm just going to go ahead and call it the first black uh, news talk station in L.A. Is it? It is. It's the yeah, first it uh, black owned, black owned, black operated talk station in L.A., but also the first one really west of the Mississippi, okay. which, which goes to show you how vast this terrain is and how long we have been, you know, in this situation where we haven't had a 24 hour a day, seven day a week flagship talk radio station to express right. ourselves. And, and thanks to our app, you know, the app is on fire. People are downloading it all across the country right. and around the world. So people can hear us in real time anywhere in the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. Um, let me ask you though, because I come from music radio, really, that's all there was for someone who wanted to be a DJ, right? And we mm -hmm. were always told that Black people don't, we want to hear music. We don't want to hear news. We don't want to hear talk. Right. Um, what say you? I mean, how true is that? It's a great question. And I think, um, let's face it, I, I, we all love music. I love music as much as anybody else. And I, I tell you, you I'm, I'm laughing because I was in a meeting today, as a matter of fact, and I tell my board ops, Every time you go to commercial, and every time you come out of commercial, play black music because I know Negroes love music. So yeah. if you play music that people love to hear, then you know it, it gives them a, a, a few a few seconds here or there, a few moments here or there to enjoy the breadth and depth of all the music we've given the world. So I love black music as much as anybody. Having said that, I think over the last number of years we've seen a paradigm shift, and I and I give I give Barack Obama credit for this. And I, let me say this with humility: I take some credit for it because all the years we were on Tom Joyner. We were doing commentary, trying to get folk in the know, and all the State of the Black Union symposia that we did every year on C-SPAN for hours, and, and all the other work we've tried to do. And I'm, not just me, I don't want to sound arrogant, but there are a lot of us who've done the work of trying to empower our people, not just entertain them. My entire career has been about trying to empower Black people. They don't always agree with me, and that's okay. You don't have to agree with me all the time. My mama doesn't always agree with me, so I'm okay with that. But I've, been, I've spent the bulk of my 30-year career trying to empower Black people. And I think what's happened in the last few years is that a paradigm has shifted. The paradigm has shifted, and we have to build a new construct. So in the era of Obama, Negroes finally got serious about issues. We wanted to know what's going on in Washington, what's going on in the political world, what's going on with our economic situation. So people really got serious over the last decade or so about issues, and I couldn't be happier about that. So again, I think the paradigm has shifted. We got to build a new construct. We're always going to be, you know, lovers of entertainment. Why? Because we've given the world the best entertainment it's ever seen. And but we still also are. have, still are, but we have so much to say about this country. I've said many times that black folk are the conscience of this country. We are the conscience of this country. And at our best, we have taught America how to be a better nation. Put it this way. We have learned to love this country, not because of, but in spite of. And mm -hmm. we have taught her and trained her all along the way. So if anybody, my friend Cornell West puts it this way, what can a blues nation, because America's got the blues right now. 
What can a blues nation learn from a blues people? That's Cornell West to the core. What can a blues nation learn from a blues people? And I hope that with our station and with what we intend to do in the coming months and years, we will have a platform for us not just to empower ourselves, but to educate other folk about how to get America out of this mess that we find ourselves in. Part of our mess that I want to talk to you about for a second, get your thoughts on it, is that um, we aren't, and it's not just us as Black people, but all of the lovers of social media, a lot of us aren't getting our news from legit sources. We are mm-hmm. finding information online that may or may not be true. And uh, I watched some god-awful documentary on HBO that swore up and down the Russians were targeting Black people with misinformation as it relates to our culture. What do you say about that and the idea of a whole community being led or misled through social media campaigns? It's an amazing and amazing question. Um, Thank you for asking. I think the first response is that social media has its power, it has its strength, and I celebrate it in a lot of ways. But it's also a very dangerous medium because there are no fact checkers and you read something and it just, you know, patently false. I see this all the time. It's patently false and it's not just true. Um, so one, I caution people all the time to be leery of what you read and just don't believe everything you read just because you read it. Everything in print is not factual. So one, just don't believe everything you read. So how do you how do you solve for that? Which is the second answer. I took. I mean, many, many years ago, and I'm obviously reading all the time. Many, many years ago, I realized that you can't be a single source reader. So if you read a multiplicity of content, there's a much greater chance that if you read something initially that was a lie, it can get corrected somewhere down the road if you keep reading. So again, I just tell people, don't be so wed to one particular source. Some people never turn their television from MSNBC. That's dangerous. Some folks never turn their TV from Fox News Channel. That's dangerous. I mean, you have to visit a plethora, a variety of sources um, so that you can get a better understanding uh, of what you're reading and and try uh, a little harder to get at the truth. And the third thing I would say is don't just read, and I hate to say this, but it's true. Don't just read American media. You Mm -hmm. have to read media outside of this country. Mm -hmm. If you read media outside this country, you get a different perspective you got a different kind of truth. And oftentimes you can see the bigger picture because the reality is that so many American journalists, you know, I hate to say this, they, they put their own spin out there. They're owned by the corporate media. So there are sources and forces telling them what to say. And when you read, when you read news sources that are not American based, then you get a different view of the world. I was in a conversation today on my radio program. I was talking with a travel expert And we were talking about the fact that the only way that you can really appreciate, understand, and truly embrace America, and frankly, to critique America, is that you got to get outside of the country. And too many Black people don't have passports. And right now, it's a dangerous time for everybody to travel. I get that. But 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 when things get to be a little bit more normal, I hope sometime soon, I always encourage Black folk, get outside of the country. Because again, you can't really appreciate this place. You can't embrace it, but you can't even critique it. Until you get outside of it, it's like anything else. When you stand back from something, when you stand away from something, you get a, you get a better uh, view of it. You can see the periphery a lot better. You can see the whole of the thing a lot better. 
So get outside of the country. So until you can travel and educate yourself by leaving the country, the least you can do is to read other sources written by people who are not American journalists. And it gives you a better view, not just of the world, but oftentimes of America itself. <laughs> Travis, we are so happy that you are now back in L.A. Uh, the radio station is KBLA. And um, you can he's the owner. You can catch him also weekdays, um, 9 to 12. And he has a whole array of people. Thank you for taking time out with us on Cafe Mocha. I'm glad you're back, Travis. No, thank you so much. It means a lot. Thanks for the invitation to come on. And I love Cafe Mocha. It tastes real good. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. The reason the CDC keeps changing the mask rules is because this new brand of coronavirus ain't like the first kind, but it's still deadly. At this point, it's get vaccinated or get COVID. It's now impacting not only the um, folks that are unvaccinated, but unvaccinated young people are getting this disease. So make sure you mask up. Sportscaster Jamel Hill better watch her mouth. I've said this about top fives with, you know, basketball. The top five has got to change. But in hip hop, I feel like we're just so much more emotional about who those top five rappers are. Like, I love Tupac, I love Biggie, but they're going to have to move out the top five. And what did country star Dolly Parton do with the royalty money she earned from I Will Always Love You? I bought a property down in what was the black area of town, and it was mostly just black families and people that lived around there. And it was just off the beaten path from 16th Avenue. And I thought, well, I am going to buy this place. It was a whole strip mall. And I thought, this is the perfect place for me to be, considering it was Whitney. Make the most of each moment with a capable Toyota SUV. Toyota, let's go places. That's the espresso. Hey, Miss DJ, Gigi Sweet out of L.A. That's the Mocha Mix. Don't forget, we're honoring HBCUs at the next Salute Them Awards. It's happening September 12th. We want all the HBCUs represented, especially schools that have supported Cafe Mocha, Howard, North Carolina A&T, Elizabeth City State University. Whatever school you represent, Cafe Mocha wants to hear from you. Who are the standout people from your HBCU? What did it mean attending an HBCU for you? Uh, you might wind up in our broadcast next month, the Salute Them Awards, streaming live on YouTube and then on the BNC channel we got the details coming up until next time you can find us on all platforms at cafe mocha radio cafe mocha is a production of miles ahead broadcasting in partnership with compass media executive producer sheila eldridge for comments booking or more information visit cafe radio.com announcing the mocha podcast network an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians sherry shepherd and kim whitley we're funny and we have a yes. point of view we call that edumatainment that's what we call it is that what it is veteran tv journalist rolanda watts Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. 
to syndicated broadcast personalities Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.